This is Steven. And I'm Tim. And I'm Jared. And we'd like to welcome you to this week's episode, The Boy with the Dragon Tattoo, which we're referencing the most recent iteration of Mortal Kombat that is both in theaters and available on HBO Max. But Mortal Kombat, like its video game predecessor, has a a mess of history with it and iterations that all kind of resemble each other and maybe just ever so slightly improve on the last one. And sometimes it doesn't. So um, we're, we're going to go, um, I think, primarily stick on the 2021 iteration here tonight, um, but also probably touch upon some of the, the past films. And, um, and I do just strictly say films. I, I, at least personally, am referring to the, the 1995 Mortal Kombat and then um, – I, I never watched uh, from beginning to end the 97 Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but that will probably come up in discussion here or there tonight as well. So, um, you know, the three of us, we, um, I mean, if you've listened to any of our episodes, obviously, you know, we, we all have a hobby for, for film and TV um, and, and that kind of branches out into our lives personally and professionally from, from time to time with things. Um, so every once in a while, each one of us brings an idea to the table, and um, and, and Jared uh, was was our bringer of Mortal Kombat to the discussion, and uh, I, I have a feeling might have even had a, a dragon tattooed on his calendar <laughs> for, for uh, this date. I thought you were going to say on me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if you took it from somebody or if you were born with it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, just, just, just marking the calendar ready for this conversation. So, um, Jared, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you um, steer a little bit here. Uh, okay. I know because I, I, uh, I want to take a, I want to take a, a shotgun seat here and just, uh, and just react for a while tonight. So, sure. You're, you are our curator of Mortal Kombat lore. So. Um, let let's have it. So I I have a long rich history with Mortal Kombat, and actually I don't think I've ever told you any of this. I was I was just <laughs> thinking back on some things as as uh, I was kind of prepping for this. Um, so when when the internet first came along, when when I was in high school, um, there were rumors about a um, Mortal Kombat trilogy game uh, coming out, and so Mortal Kombat three had. The game had come out about the same time the movie had had come out, um, and then there was an ultimate edition of it, and then there there were rumors of this trilogy where it was just like every character ever. And there were these screenshots that were, had leaked on the internet, and so it, I, that's one of my first memories of the internet was kind of being connected oh. to Mortal Kombat um, back in back in high school. Um, and so I got involved, like, so I was, like, looking at all these different forums and websites for all this stuff. And actually, when um, the, the guys who created Mortal Kombat were Ed Boone and John Tobias, and they were with, uh, I think it was Midway at the time, um, Midway Studios in Chicago. And since then, I think it's NetherRealm Studios. Um, anyway, uh, so at, there was at one point where, uh, there was a rumor that John Tobias had left the company and it was this big deal. Like, did, did he leave it? I just emailed Ed Boone and asked him 
and he, and he replied. And, wow. and so like, so in this little like online Mortal Kombat community, um, that was my little moment of, of fame was being wow. able to, to break that information that no, John Tobias didn't leave the company. Uh, years later he did leave the company, but at the oh. time he, he did. Um, and so then, you know, so in the video, you still have that email. Uh, I might, I, I, I might, cause it was, it was, I think it was my old Yahoo account. I might still have it actually while we're doing wow. this, I'll, I'll, I'll okay. look it up to see if I, if we I have posted have it. on Instagram. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. For the people right, who right. don't believe us. Yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. I might. Um, so then um, E3, which uh, I don't know if you know what E3 is, but it's it's dwindled. It's not what it used to be. But E3 used to be like the big um, hub. Like Comic-Con for video games. Yeah, basically, okay, basically okay. Comic-Con for, for video games. And, you know, it was just held once a year. And then for a while they held it in Atlanta. Now it's all split up into sort of each company has their own trade show and there's not really one big thing anymore. Um, I don't think I don't follow it as closely now, but uh, back at the time, that's what it was. And so E3 was going to be the last year it was going to be in Atlanta was 1998. And, um, that was when I was graduating high school and I'm like, well, you know, I don't know when or if I'll have a chance to go to it in, in LA or something. So I basically made up a fake company, um, made up fake credentials uh, to to get to get to go to get into E3. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's Is it amazing. that easy? At the time, it was that easy. Oh, okay. It's probably not. I mean, you got to think this was 1998. You know, sure. so they 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 couldn't really Free like Matrix world. <laughs> yeah, wow. Right, right. So wow. so I, so I went to E3, and so I went to the um, I don't know if it was I guess it was a specific Mortal Kombat area or maybe it was just midway or whatever so as i'm there ed boone comes out like eating a sandwich for lunch and so <laughs> i'm just like what what in the world and uh but but i was it's one of those things where i'm like is that really you know because i mean he had his you know he had a sandwich in his mouth so his face was kind of like you know it's not just like looking at him like normal so i'm like so then i had this awkward exchange with ed boone where i'm like are, are you ed boone and and then he and he said something and i'm like Oh, oh no! You're no, you're not. And and it was this back and forth of like trying to figure out if this was Ed Boone or not. Anyway, I figured out that this was Ed Boone, and I got my picture taken with him. Um, I don't know if I still have that somewhere. Surely, I'm still I, holding the sandwich. Uh, he probably was actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I actually need to go back and look and see if I have that photo. I'm, I'm more confident that I have the email than I have that I have that photo somewhere because That's I mean amazing. it it wasn't it wasn't digital you know back then so. Um, so anyway, uh, so I was, uh, you know, so I got to meet Ed Boone. That was, that was a fun experience. And, um, then eventually Mortal Kombat trilogy did, did come out. I, I have a funny story from that, that too, where I was, that was one of the games that I was best at. Like, of you know, you have certain games that you're just, you just dominate at it. And, who's, who's uh, your fighter? uh, so my fighters were, um, so, so you could play three on three. Oh, okay. You could play on three on three with it too. This is about the time I stopped with Mortal Kombat games, so this is new information to me. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, so, so you could do. So my 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 main two were like uh, uh, Noob Noob Sabat, which was inverted at Boone and Tobias inverted, um, and uh, and then um, 
smoke who was like the the cyber cyber version of smoke and then i basically anybody else like whatever other character it didn't matter if i was playing three on three because i would just you know beat the crap out of you with those two and uh so a cousin of mine was kind of into it a friend of his was super into it like he just thought he was awesome at the game mm. uh and so I, so he was, so, so my cousin had told him like, oh yeah, my cousin's pretty good at this too. And so he wanted to, you know, like prove like, oh, he, he's, he's the best at it, you know? So, so, um, he got my cousin to have me come over to his house, just mopped the floor with him, you know? And so he got so mad. He's like, oh, you're just, you're just, you keep playing, you keep playing with these same characters. I'm like, all right, you, you pick my characters. And I'll still beat you. So I let him pick my characters, like the worst characters, still mop the floor with him. The funniest (laughs) part of that story, the funniest part of that story is like 10 years later, literally maybe 10 years later, my cousin messaged me. (laughs) He's like, he's like, yeah, my buddy, uh, he's still been playing that game. He says he's really gotten really good at it. He wants to play you again. (laughs) This is like a Seinfeld episode. Wow. It is like a Seinfeld episode. And so I'm like, like, dude, no, I, I haven't played this game in 10 years. And also it's going to be even more embarrassing when I just wipe the floor with you again. So we ended up, <laughs> we, we did, but anyway, so confirm fighting games are really just muscle memory. Like going back to yeah. playing my son and fighting games. Now we did that with Tekken not too long ago. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll just pick the guy I remember and it, wasn't fair yeah i think i could pick it up now like i think i played that game so much i could pick it up now and just step right back you know it might take me like a round or two and then i'd just be right back into it but anyway so uh so i had a long history with the game when the movie came out loved the the first movie um you know i thought is a great cast great chemistry you know great fights great soundtrack uh, it, I thought it was the best and may, may, maybe still the best video game movie uh, or best best movie based on video game pound for pound um, made. But I mean, like, I don't I don't know what else, you know, there, there's just not a ton of other competition. It's it's campy in parts, but, uh, you know, I, I really liked it in parts. So um, then Annihilation uh, was the sequel, which was just just one of those where you, you, you sit there like going, what, what, what is happening here? What happened? It's again, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll constantly go back to like the final season of game of Thrones as a, what is happening here? What, where did things change? Um, which was, you know, just awful. So, um, so that was my, I guess, kind of the overarching history of me. I kind of got once, once mortal Kombat got into the 3d, realm uh with mortal Kombat 4 the game mechanics changed a little bit i've still played a few of the games since then um but just not not quite as much and and i i regret it every time i buy a fighting game because it's fun for like a couple days and then i get bored with it so Mm. um so that was my long uh history with mortal Kombat going into this movie yeah, I um strangely enough I have a very odd but specific memory of the first time I ever encountered Mortal Kombat. It was the original arcade game, the first game, uh in 1993, I want to say, in a Food Lion. Um 
And I remember, like, my mom, I was with my mom, and I, I think, you know, she just saw an arcade game, and I was just like, I'm bored of walking up and down the aisles. Can I play this game or just just pretend like I'm playing it because I don't have any money? Um, <clears throat> and she's like, yeah, fine, whatever. And, you know, they kind of have, like, a demo reel in the arcade games just showing you, you know, sort of that demo mode of the, the game playing itself. And it was the most violent thing I'd ever seen. I still remember the first time I saw a scorpion throw the, uh, the spear the you know, the old get over here. Yeah. That changed my life as a video game player. At least I was like, I feel like I have now, the fact that someone even came up with a motion like that in a fighting <laughs> game. Cause I had played, I guess, you know, like Street Fighter 2 had come out like a year before that or even two years before that. I'm not sure. So it wasn't, you know, a stranger to one-on-one fighting games on consoles and stuff at that point. But um, but this was just a whole, not not in the Aladdin way, but a whole new world. Um, <laughs> and the funny thing is I remember that it was on a Saturday because the next day in church while my dad was preaching, I was sitting next to my best friend and trying to draw this, this, the the motion of Scorpion throwing the spear to Sub-Zero to try to explain to my friend while church was going on, while the sermon was going on, <laughs> nice. what, 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 I was, what I had seen. I just remember trying to, like, describe something. He, like, he throws a spear and it, like, sticks in his face. And he, like, drags it <laughs> and, like, throws this uppercut. And it's like, it was there was blood everywhere. And it was just, anyway, and it was just... um a little weird. Um, of course, you know, I, and I had, um, I had a super Nintendo then. So like they released the, the home version of mortal Kombat, which I rented from the store. I, 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 I didn't like it enough to really care. I prefer, I usually in terms of video games, I usually preferred street fighter over mortal Kombat at, at that point. Um, so I rented it. And of course the super Nintendo version, they, they did, they, they turned the blood like gray. So it just looks like sweat and stuff. So the, mm. the game itself was just kind of, and I think they removed all the fatalities too. Um, so, you know, the, the, the selling points of the game were removed. Um, and, but then Mortal Kombat 2 came along and they re- released that as a direct port of the arcade. So all of the mess came through with that. Um, <laughs> and so like Baraka and, and Liu Kang were, were my guys and Mortal Kombat 2. Um, and, um, and Scorpion from from time to time as well. Pretty much anybody who had an easy fatality, anything yeah. that was yeah. like a charge button. And Melina, Melina. I'm sorry, Baraka and Melina, definitely like all day long. Um, <laughs> and so Mortal Kombat 2's home version was was one of those watershed games that got Congress's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, which then got the local news's attention, which then got my mother's attention after <laughs> she had already bought it for me for my birthday. Nice. Um, so I was playing it and, and like my, I think my conscience was so clear or I was just so naive. I'm not sure. She was like, what is this game you're playing? I'm like, Oh, it's right here. You know, whatever. And I think I even had one of my friends over and we were playing it and she's like, well, tell me like, show me what's so bad about this game. I'm like, Oh, hold on for a second. (laughs) And I was like in the middle of a Baraka fight and I'm like, okay, watch. And then like, I'm like, Oh, I'll be glad to explain and did the full on like decapitation (laughs) fatality and, and then lost privileges to play that game for a couple of weeks because I was not apparently forthcoming with my mother about how violent that game was ahead of time. Um, 
but it, eventually she stopped caring and just gave it back and, and I mean, well the, the argument that I am now. The argument would be like, look, I've already been exposed to this, you know, I mean. Right. What, I'm what? not going to find anything more disgusting than what I've already found at this point. <laughs> but but I, I wasn't that that good at explaining things. And that, that, that argument wouldn't have helped in my house. <laughs> Anyways. But, uh, yeah, now I'm with you on the 95 Mortal Kombat film. Um, I remember being really hyped to see that. And that's the thing is that one, one with video game adaptations in the film, the bar is incredibly low. Yeah. Because most of them are terrible. Yeah. Um, but also, Mortal Kombat being a fighting game, all you have to really do is nail the action sequences. Um, because those games aren't very dialogue heavy. I mean, I know if we if we have younger listeners, uh, I, I doubt it. But you know, if we do, like, it, video games used to have something called instruction booklets that would actually have like character backstory mm-hmm. and stuff and that and everything. And actually like in games, like fighting games, they would actually set the exposition of what was actually happening. And it wasn't just pick your guys and fight. Um, and so since they weren't very dialogue heavy and story heavy, even though they existed, when you made a film version, that part didn't really matter as much if it wasn't good, as long as the stuff that made the game good also made the movie good. And mm-hmm. For 1995, I agree with Jared. I think Mortal Kombat did that well. Um, and a reference to one of our previous episodes, that I think that was the first film directed by Paul W.S. Anderson who went on to do Event Horizon a couple mm-hmm. of years later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So also uh, the BMI Film Music Awards, uh, the soundtrack to that film, uh, won an award. So that's as good as it's going to get for yeah. awards. <laughs> yeah, anyway, what that a, soundtrack is epic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one yeah, of my favorite. Epic. I mean, that was, I mean, Oh, what a, what a soundtrack. But yeah, my, I'm, I'm kind of close to your background with it, Steven. I don't, I don't remember when I started playing it specifically, but I do remember it was kind of like in our, in our Roger rabbit episode. I mentioned that, um, Roger Rabbit was a film that like we never owned, but I watched all the time, like at a relative's house, you know, like, and so I know that a relative, I don't remember who now had like the Super Nintendo Mortal Kombat 2. And like, when we would go over, we would just play it 24 seven. We just, it was a blast. Um, I know it's really not cliche, but Scorpion was my, I mean, Scorpion was kind of my go-to. Um, but also kind of, cause some of his moves were kind of easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, I was up against Mortal- you know my relative, my like cousins who like played this every day, you know, and I didn't, I didn't, I played it, you know, once a year or whatever. <laughs> but um, after that, you know, my family, we didn't. I don't even know if what consoles. I don't know if we. I don't remember enough to know if my parents like explicitly said we can't have it or we just didn't have the right consoles for it, you know. Um, but then once I finally was like out of high school, at a, at a point where I. <sighs> could you know was that i just didn't you know have any consoles until you know now that i'm an adult and stuff so i mean i i have very limited knowledge but i did enjoy it when i was a kid and also the 95 movie i'm with you guys i think for what it was was not not too bad i mean it wasn't i mean i even watched it for this uh for this episode and you know yeah for a video game movie but then also uh maybe it's because i have more recent memory of this up new <laughs> newest Mortal Kombat and even Annihilation like it wasn't <laughs> it had a, a story you could follow mm-hmm. generally you know and it was mm-hmm. it there was a lot to it that wasn't it wasn't wasn't horrible yeah and the soundtrack was just uh it was just amazing you probably still hear that song at sporting events oh, I mean man. at least once they get back up you know it's definitely yeah. like uh here and here in the Raleigh area the uh NHL team the Carolina Hurricanes I mean you're bound to hear that during intermission yeah. or something like that you know that that mm-hmm. kind of stuff yeah mm. 
it's just a great jock jam. If <laughs> yeah. I date myself with that term. <laughs> um, I will say, and, and Jared, I'm just going to tee you up here real quick. Let's just mm-hmm. go ahead and get to one of the big things. Something that I really appreciated about the first film that I think really failed in the, the current one is that whenever you're telling some kind of a fantasy story, some character has to serve as the audience, right? To kind of explain what's going on. You have to have somebody who doesn't know what's going on. And Paul Anderson, to his credit, or or even Boone and Tobias, I know they probably had had a hand in writing the film, chose characters we already know to be those people. Mm -hmm. Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, and Sonya were the every man, every woman character in that movie because they were entering Mortal Kombat knowing nothing about what it actually was. And so you have Raiden and whoever, you know, explaining what's going on as it's happening to them. This time we have Cole Young, who I believe is in Mortal Kombat doesn't exist. Correct. Um, Not, yeah, we have created a main character that has nothing to do with any of the games. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the first Mortal Kombat was entirely, with the exception of I think one character, was entirely true to the first video game. Um, all the characters in the movie, or all the main characters in the movie, were from the first Mortal Kombat video game, with the exception of Kitana, who doesn't come in until Mortal Kombat 2. But, you know, I mean, she had sort of a limited role, and, you know, she was sort of needed to be there for some exposition. And, you know, that was fine. So um, I, I kind of get them wanting to do something different with it because, I, I you know, I mean, I think um, the way they the way Lyndon Ashby, Lyndon Ashby was the actor who played uh, Johnny Cage in the first film. And, you know, and he, he hasn't had like a, you know, a massive I've seen him in some things, um, but he hasn't had a massive acting career since then, uh, which is kind of surprising because I, I mean, I loved him in that movie. And and he actually um, I, I saw uh, a couple of years ago, I saw this uh, dot, this little um like basically thing catching up with him and Robin. Um, I don't know if you, how you pronounce his last name, show shoe Shao, Uh, but the, the actor who played Liu Kang and, um, and they were kind of going back through talking about the movie. And I think it was, um, Robin that pointed out that a lot of, um, Johnny Cage's lines, his best and funniest lines were actually ad libbed by huh. Lyndon Ashby. Like he would go to the director and be oh. like, well, what if I say this here, you know? And I almost wonder if that wasn't like what, what got him. I don't know why, you know, in, in annihilation, I don't want to jump into annihilation, but in <laughs> annihilation, they got rid of the character and, you know, they didn't even bring him back, uh, to kill him off or they didn't bring back Lyndon Ashby to kill him off. They had him played by some other actor, you know, they replaced, uh, Christopher Lambert, who played Raiden with, I think, James Rimar, uh, they recast, you know, most of the most of the characters or killed and or killed them off. Anyway, um, Lyndon Ashby was just really funny in that movie. And, you know, I, I, I kind of get if they didn't want to have that direct comp, you know, and um, the director uh, or I'm sorry, the producer, um, I'd have to look his name up, I think Todd. Todd Garner maybe is his, um, his name, but, uh, he was saying that he wanted Johnny Cage to have his kind of be the star of his own movie. And so of course, spoiler at the end of mortal Kombat, they tease, 
uh, Johnny Cage is the the character they're going off to to find. Um, so I kind of I kind of get that decision in a way to not want to have all these direct comps to that first movie. However, if you're going to do that, there there are so many characters. There are dozens, if not a <laughs> hundred plus. Um, Mortal Kombat characters that you could have pulled from to sort of, you know, put someone into that role of of being um, the eyes and ears of the audience, just learning about this. There's all kinds of ways. So, so to create a new character in the first place is weird and unnecessary. But okay, okay, I'll still go with you on that and say maybe this can work if you just if you make him interesting and you give him some cool fights and some cool powers and then they did none of that. So I, I, I yeah, I don't know I don't know what was what was the thinking there. And yeah. and there's a couple of additional problems I have with Cole. The idea behind Mortal Kombat, not in this in this new film, which which by the way is like should really be titled Mortal Kombat the Prologue because the the proper yeah. term of Mortal Kombat in this universe is referring to the tournament that happens, which right. never happens. Yeah. In this <laughs> right. It stops right as the actual tournament is going to start. Um, so that's a whole nother thing. Um, but with Cole as this character, Mortal Kombat is supposed to be, you know, to borrow a phrase from the Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes, uh, you know, the, the, their, their strongest, toughest fighters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to borrow another wrestling term, Cole Young was like a job guy in MMA. Like, yeah. he was an opening, he was, a, he was a, a curtain jerker, an opening card guy. You know, they joke about him, like, being paid 200 bucks to lose fights, you know, like, mm-hmm. not, not on purpose, but, like, he just wasn't a good fighter. And so this guy is going to be tasked with saving the universe, you know, or saving the world or being one of the people who does. Right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, entrance into the mortal Kombat tournament. I don't know how I quite feel about it, about this story element. I think it's neat that they kind of are telling a different story. As far as I know, I, maybe this came up in the video games later, but that sounds new to me is this sort of elder wand mentality, this Harry Potter elder wand mentality that like, if you don't have this mortal combat logo tattoo on you, then you're not fit for mortal combat, but you can kill someone who does. And then the tattoo puts itself on you. Um, and so, you know, Cole is, is a descendant of, of who we would, come to recognize a scorpion. Um, so at first I thought, Oh, okay. This nobody is going to end up becoming scorpion. At the right. End of the right. And I'm like, that's, that's great. You know, yes. I, I, I can follow <laughs> that. That's actually, that's not bad at all. And then I'm like, Oh no, no, that's not what they're doing. He's just going to have half of Wonder Woman 1984's armor. Yes. And it's like a sweater. Like, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yes. a gold sweater. Yes. He's going to conjure a gold sweater. A plot of plot armor. And, and, fought, and, and by the way, be the one who fights, you know, if we go back to the video game, the hardest character in the video game, Goro. Right. Um, I will admit, so my wife walked in while I was watching this one time, um, and I love her, her commentary especially on films like this, because they give me more ammunition for these episodes. Um, 
he has the fight. He he fights Goro in this movie, the four-armed, blood-sport-looking warrior. Um, and since he's an MMA fighter, he put one of his forearms in like a Kimura lock and, and breaks his arm. And she's like, while he's holding a bladed weapon, I should I should mention. And immediately I hear from the other side of the room, why are you breaking his arm instead of cutting them off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's right. a great question. Right. This this film creates so many great questions. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know. Uh, so and no, he just ends up being somebody. And then Sonia, who is you know a, a game one character. Um, I- is not even a fighter. So like she, you know, not even a chosen fighter. Um, but so, you know, she has to sort of earn her way into the tournament, which is interesting to me. Like, I don't know if it's just narrative storytelling. They're trying to give her a journey or something, but like who, what's her name? Bridget Wilson, who played the first Sonya in the first movie. Like she was already like, you know, uh, no funny business, just take no prisoners kind of, you know, special forces woman mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and this one, yeah, I don't know all the, all the fighters except for like, you know, all the human fighters except for Kano seem to seem to have issue with fighting in some form <laughs> or fashion, which is, seems weird given what's at stake here. Well, going back to what you were asking or saying before about the the lore of Mortal Kombat and how it was, you know, like with this movie, it's that you have to have this dragon mark and marking or whatever. And so, yeah, I thought like once they once they said that, I'm like, oh, OK. So it, so they just basically did a little twist on what has been the Mortal Kombat lore of its. Yeah. Kind of like the Avengers Earth's greatest champions lining up and then outworld has to defeat them and then outworld if outworld's forces win 10 straight victories in mortal Kombat, one a generation then they get to invade earth realm and so yeah it it makes no sense then for, for it to just randomly i guess be on some of these people i guess you could say it's still vague enough that maybe it could have been on them, but then, but then they add in this weird element of like, if you kill one of them, you could, you could get their, um, get their symbol. And I think it was, um, like what if Cole young is in a liquor store and gets shot? Yeah. You know, like, well, there's, there's, I don't know. There's a great, there's a great, uh, and, and I'll have to look it up. I sent you the, the link, uh, cause I watch these all the time and I can't even, uh, think of the name of the series now, but, um, it's this guy on the internet who, who basically he, he, he plays two different characters in pitch meetings. I think it's the screen rant pitch meetings. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, and so he's like, well, you know, so he, so in his video making fun of this, he's like, well, what if a 95-year-old grandfather accidentally runs over one of these people on the highway? Does he then get it? And he's like, I want to see that movie where then that guy has to fight in the Mortal Kombat tournament. Mr. Fredrickson from <laughs> yeah. Up. Yeah. Stars. Right. right. And it, I mean, it is just, it's silly. It, 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 that, that was something needless that the, yeah. again, another needless change. Mm-hmm. It just makes more sense the other way. Yeah. 
How did you guys feel about? So I will say the up until like minute ten, the first ten minutes, I was like, oh, huh, yeah. okay, this is really interesting. And and then they fired the director and brought in Joss Whedon. <laughs> right. This was Zack Snyder's Mortal Kombat for the first ten minutes. Right. The, um, you know, I, I'll say this for someone who stopped playing, pretty much stopped playing. I mean, I played three and I played Ultimate. You know off and on but for for two being the last one i played a lot um i liked the notion of sub-zero being the villain like i i yeah. in my mind i had always pictured scorpion as the villain and sub-zero as the good guy between those two and maybe i just made that up because growing up religious fire equals hell and hell is bad and ice must be good i, I don't know maybe they were both <laughs> bad i never really paid much attention to the official narrative but um but i like this the um the take, uh, the, the actor who played Sub Zero, um, I liked his portrayal th- throughout the movie, um, mm-hmm. and I liked the little Jurassic Park esque, uh, the Jurassic Park T Rex T Rex esque uh, side of him where people would start breathing cold air before he showed oh, up. Oh yeah. Um, or there you would be just a hint of ice showing up somewhere. Like it was, it started off even if it was only for a second, really subtle before he showed up. Um, they, you know, he was like a, yeah, he was like a horror movie villain in an action yeah, movie. Yeah. It, it was, so I liked Sub-Zero, yeah. yeah but yeah. yeah, the fight choreography and the opening scene was, was, was quite a thesis statement on the movie you thought you were going to see. Yeah. Like, and just the that, tone, just the tone too, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. like there was, yeah, there was, uh, story. There was empathy. There was, I mean, there was emotion. There was action. That you felt all of that, and um, even in the first moment, like I got so confused because you know they have this crazy good action sequence where Sub Zero and his clan, I guess you know, raid Scorpion's village. The man who would become Scorpion's village um, kills his family. Um, but he hides his infant child, his infant daughter and, you know, Moses like in this basket, uh, in the house, um, to preserve her life. And, uh, or the mother, do- I, yeah, I think the mother does cause he's away from when it happens and he comes back to see everybody dead. And then he takes out like the whole army except for sub zero himself and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, and then, so, uh, the man who would become Scorpion succumbs to his wounds and then Raiden shows up to rescue the baby. And at, and at first I'm like, Oh, so is Cole like the baby grown up or something? And then I remembered, Oh wait, that's a girl. What's happening. And then it's like generations later. So it's a little, I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch there. I, I'd, I'd almost, like I said, I'd, I'd rather he somehow since, since we're, we're, we're telling the, this weird arcana, what that was the word, right? Arcana. Um, if we're doing weird magic powers, like <laughs> why Cole couldn't have just, me, you know, uh, metamor, you know, evolved into the spirit of his ancestor or something and become right. Scorpion. I, I don't know, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just to touch on a couple of things there. You said, yeah, sub zero in the games, it's two different Sub-Zeros. Mortal Kombat 1 is a villain Sub-Zero. It's the oh, one okay. who killed Scorpion. In the first Mortal Kombat tournament, though, then Scorpion kills him. 
Mortal Kombat 2 is Sub-Zero's younger brother. And then okay. Scorpion comes back to kill him, too. And then he sees uh, Sub-Zero's younger brother um, basically grant mercy to someone that he's beaten and he doesn't kill him. And so he realizes, oh, he's he's a different guy and I won't kill him after all. And so then he gets and then in the third game, he gets the the scar uh, yeah. down, down his oh, face yeah. to which to which when lost to, to tie in lost when. Yeah. When Lost originally came along, you and I, before we knew character names, this is true. Before, before we knew character names, and Locke had that exact same scar <laughs> down his face, we referred to him as Grandpa Sub Zero. Grandpa Sub Zero, <laughs> that is what we did. Yep. Before so, we were, that was a big cast. It took us a while. It, it was, it, and Michael was. Well, we won't get into the yeah. whole Lost naming thing. Anyway, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> um, so, and then one other thing, when you said, uh, when you were talking about the T-Rex thing, I thought you were going to say like Jax's original arms in this movie that he had like little T-Rex arms. <laughs> he really did. I know. Oh man. The, the usage, the brutality of Sub-Zero's powers though, uh, were the, the usage of ice as a weapon and stuff in that film was really, really brutal, but really creative. Um, I really, really yeah. enjoyed that yeah. from, from that angle though. And I will say that was the one that was one of the few things that I liked seeing them do better in this game than they did or in this movie and than they did in the first movie where Scorpion and Sub-Zero were they, they had a good explanation for it in the 95 film that Shang Tsung had both of them under his power. And yeah. so they were just, you know, intimidating villains. Um, and that worked for me in that one. But, you know, it, it was also you know, kind of cool to see more of the true, um, you know, Sub-Zero Scorpion relationship, which is really kind of more of the crux of at least the promos for the games, if if not the story itself, because anytime they would release a new Mortal Kombat um, or that they would they would start promoting a new Mortal Kombat and they would start releasing an image or teaser or something for it. The first character was almost always Scorpion, sometimes maybe Sub-Zero uh, or maybe both of them, because that's really in the game. That's really kind of the crux of um, like a lot of people want to be Scorpion or, or Sub-Zero. Right. And so you couldn't really do that as well for the movies as we've seen as one one movie just avoided it completely and the other one tried and, you know, yeah. didn't really stick with it. So <laughs> anyway, so that's that's kind of the backstory there. Um, so, yeah, things that did well. So, um, I, you know, I, I, I don't want the I don't want us to um, do this episode without taking a moment to talk about the obligatory self-referential moments, you know, game referential moments in both movies or, or all of them. Um, and this is where you get into, I think we talked about this briefly when we talked about hook, I think a couple of weeks ago where if you know you're in silly town, you just kind of have to go the whole way or else it's just yeah. going to be really cringy instead of entertaining. Um, and I think about Shang Tsung from the first film, which uh, going back and watching it, I actually really, like you said, I think you, Jared, you'd said they kind of tried to follow the plot of the first game and mm -hmm. that, but, but yeah. the way he manipulated people 
into getting to the tournament, you know, it's pulling the strings yeah. and stuff. Yeah. All highly logical, especially for a video game film adaptation, you know, like just the way that he worked everyone, you know, he, he haunted Liu Kang's dreams. He met him, you know, he, he shapeshifted into someone, into Johnny Cage's martial arts sensei to goad him into proving himself as a fighter. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then he paid off Kano to, to, yeah. Tales, so, you know, like it's it's all there. surprising, surprising amount of yeah of story and character depth in giving each character a flaw that they have to like a personal flaw yeah. that they have to work on and overcome mm-hmm. in order to achieve the overall goal. Yeah, I mean it's exactly. it's just pretty good. You know, I mean again, it's cheesy and campy at times, but it's pretty good storytelling overall. Well, yeah, a fighting movie doesn't have to have a it doesn't have to be the departed, you know? Right. Like it it can be just really <laughs> straightforward, you know? Yeah. I mean, and and uh, if you do straightforward really well, and some other reviews I've heard, I've heard people compare this like the, at least at least especially the new one unfavorably to something like The Raid, which apparently is like a really straightforward plot and it lets the action talking, you know what I mean? And, and so, um, and I haven't seen the raid. I've been meaning to, but it made me think of the first season of daredevil though on like Netflix, especially like the, the, the watershed moment of that first season was this hallway fight that daredevil has with all these, you know, gangsters or whatever. Um, and it's just, yeah, it, like the, the, the plot is very simple in that episode and the action does the rest of the talking. And it's one of the most effective episodes in that entire three se- season series. Um, so, yeah, back to Mortal Kombat, like the, the first film, like, again, very straightforward and all that. And uh, the man who played Shang Tsung, I, can't, I didn't write down his name. I didn't get the casting for, for this episode when I did my homework. But I know he had been like a real prominent Asian uh, character actor for a lot of Hong Kong movies and stuff. So he was in, um, I know he was uncredited, but I would recognize him because this was one of my favorite martial arts movies growing up. He was a, a credited, an uncredited extra in Big Trouble in Little China. Are you talking about um, who played him in the 1995 film? The 95 film, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now we'll get to 2021 in a minute. Yeah. Um, it was, um, I'm going to butcher this, but um, it's like Carrie. Hiroyuki Tagawa. Okay. Yeah, Tagawa. Okay, that that sounds familiar. Yeah. So, um, but his straight up, you know, Shang Tsung isms, you know, flawless victory, finish him, you know, all that stuff. Like it was so like his face was so over the top when he was delivering those. Like mm-hmm. it felt like the video game come to life. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm mm-hmm. on board with that. That's great. Um, and then we get if I can quote Heath Ledger's Joker the squealer um, (laughs) to play the, the, for those of you who don't know the reference and, and, uh, and the dark night, there's a, you know, the whole gangster plot and all the money is held and holding by this uh, guy in Hong Kong who really just is trying to steal it. And um, anyway, he's, he's a squealer as uh, the Joker calls him. And uh, he is our Shang Tsung this time. And, and, um, He's a fine actor. He was great in The Dark Knight, but it didn't seem like Shang Tsung was the right casting for him in this one. I never got a real sense of menace from him in this one. And when he was giving the sort of campy video game lines, it just didn't hit me. There was only actually maybe maybe just one one reading of like video game uh, line delivery in the whole new movie that got me, and that was from Kano. 
when uh when Kano, when Kano said Kano wins, like I I literally laughed out loud and I'm like I, that caught myself by surprise. Um because they're in this hyper violent fight with I I assume that was supposed to be reptile. I yeah. I was it I I think it was like I think they probably pulled the same thing as they did in Mortal Kombat Annihilation where they had multiple reptiles and so i would say this is probably not the not the one actual reptile they'll probably if they make a sequel bring him in for that but but yeah basically of the same race as reptile okay yeah Yeah, and he just rips his heart out and he's just like laughing about it he's just like kano wins and like that's just (laughs) i'm like okay that works um you know a little bit later Kung Lao, um, which the again the action was very entertaining, um, kills a character from games that I didn't play, so I don't even remember her name. But the the demon bat wing girl, whatever her name is, um, and uses his you know uh, buzzsaw hat to to kill her, and puts it back on his head and says flawless victory. And then when he said I. I might have physically face palmed myself. <laughs> it just uh, it didn't connect with me, and I think part of that is like, I think you just have to lean into the campiness a little bit. And he played it so straight, yeah, um, that it was just rough. One well, more thing, I, I, I just wanted to say about Kano because he was the best part of the movie for me. Because again, he it seems like he was the only one who knew what kind of movie he was in. Yeah, and um, he is brought up as this sort of obviously anybody who has any familiarity with the characters know that he's going to be a, you know, a, uh, a turncoat. And, and, um, and, and so he, he's actually with the heroes and this sort of, you know, very thin level of trust in the first half of the movie, working alongside them to try to get his power, uh, and everything. Cause he has one of the dragon tattoos as well. And, um, they put him in training and sparring mode against Liu Kang. And he has spent his time laughing at, at, uh, at Cole young who is who is sparring before him and having a really difficult time getting any kind of hits in and so he's like yeah yeah you know just really braggadocious he's like let me let me show you what uh show you how it's done and Liu Kang just does a leg sweep and knocks him down and you know he gets angry and Liu Kang does that like three more times <laughs> to the point where you know it's like is that the only move you know which is totally a line to yeah to arcades all across america in (laughs) 95 because Liu kang's leg sweep was like one of the cheapest moves any any rookie arcade player self-included could could do to uh to enrage seasoned players like jared yeah well and it may have even just been like he had his own uh like leg slide or something like that but but every character up through you know and maybe they still do but every character up through like you know the fourth game or whatever had just like a regular there's certain things you know you could uh, you could every character could uppercut every character could leg sweep and leg sweep is like one of the cheapest moves like if you're standing it doesn't matter if you're blocking you can get your leg swept out out from an under and so people yeah people just hate that um but yeah, going back to what you were saying there, yeah, one of the biggest problems I, I had with this movie is like they, they took all the personality and put it into into Kano almost. I mean, I, there was like 
I think Kung Lao, there were parts, you know, with him where I'm like, oh, he could be, yeah, he could be interesting. And then he was gone. Um, And he's gone. And he's, yeah. Um, And so it was kind of like, you know, with the 95 film, Johnny Cage was that guy. He was sort of the keynote, but they mixed it in to other characters too. You know, Christopher Lambert uh, would occasionally just as Raiden, you know, like when he's first explaining it to them, like what's going on, you know, he's, he's like the fate of billions will depend upon you. <laughs> and then he just sees them, he sees them all just staring stone faced at him. And he's like, sorry. <laughs> and, and he has a couple of, you know, he has some moments like that in, in the film and you know, the, it gets kind of spread out through some of the other characters and, and, uh, Liu Kang, you know, like, uh, Johnny Cage meets Sonya on the boat and, and she's hunting Kano at the time. She's got a gun in Johnny Cage's face and he, he, he finally diffuses the situation. Liu Kang walks along a second after that. He's like, just another starstruck fan, huh? You know, yeah. and, and just, just, uh, you know, they kind of gave each one, even though like Johnny Cage is bringing the levity and he's the eyes and ears of the audience. They, they gave these other characters some, some lighter moments, uh, too. But, um, yeah. And, and again, but, but with Johnny in, in that first movie, you really did sort of, he did like hang a lot of lanterns on the over the top, you know, absurdity of, of some of this stuff. But, but in a way that sort of, you know, it made sense too, uh, where it didn't like, it wasn't making fun of the film. It was just like, okay, just, you know, come along for this. I remember like, you know, in that first movie, they have this, like, once they get to the Island, they have this long climb to the top of this mountain. Um, and so they, and they get in there and, and he stumbles in with all of his luggage looks around and it's just like this gothic, you know, these, you know, um, sculptures of like, you know, gargoyles and demons, all this stuff, um, you know, looks like something out of just primitive ages there. And he's like, Oh, great. Can't wait to see what the bathrooms look like. Yeah. Right. And just all these, all these different little things. So, you know, it really does like they, they mixed it in well enough that, that, you know, it's so hard to try to nail, tone sometimes in in a movie to to the point where you understand what movie you're in um but it it doesn't make fun of it so much that it takes you out of it and that's like a really sort of fine artistic balance that uh, granted is is hard to achieve um and which is why we get a lot of bad movies but you know again i think that's one of the one of the main differences between, you know, a couple of these movies is, is kind of one of them under understanding that and the other not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the benefit to having Johnny Cage as one of your characters because, and and in the, your initial introduction into the world, because he's already a fish out of water in the first place. Like what more fish out of water to the rest of the world is someone from Hollywood. Yeah. Like who to be more out of touch with what's going on. Than someone from Hollywood, and so you know, really, in in a, you know, a, a, this enter the dragon, you know, tournament to thing, and that is just what I was thinking about too. That one of the reasons I really enjoyed the the ninety five Mortal Kombat is, it is kind of like let's slap all the Mortal Kombat characters into the movie Enter the Dragon, mm-hmm. um, which, which listen, 
well, I said what I said before about a fighting game just needing to succeed on the action and the dialogue is secondary, that this is a perfect situation of just slapping a Mortal Kombat coat of paint on an old Bruce Lee movie, mm-hmm. and it'll work. Um, and, you know, you get a lot of that uh, in that character because, you know, in Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee was kind of Liu Kang. He was going to that tournament to, to investigate and potentially avenge, I think, the murder of his brother. Or, or one of his other students. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you had a Johnny Cage type character, you know, this handsome American guy and stuff. And so, you know, I mean, it wasn't a beat for beat, you know, copy, but there was a whole lot of inspiration there, obviously. You know, you even had this highly muscular second in command fighter there in Bolo Young versus the the real brains behind the operation, like you have Goro and Shang Tsung. So, you know, I mean, to be honest, the very game of Mortal Kombat probably was a little inspired by Enter the Dragon in the first place. Mm-hmm. Looking at the animation of Liu Kang from the first game was very yeah. nice looking in the first place. So uh, yeah. I'm probably, I'm probably beating a dead horse in that case, but, um, but yeah, so like, so like this one, I feel like it's not exactly how I feel about the last Jedi from star Wars, but it's, 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 um, it's the, it is the idea. Like I understand that you made some decisions to try some things differently, but sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's work and sometimes you fail. And like, so some of the things they did, I just kind of, it didn't work out for me. You mentioned, we were talking about the referential things to the game. So, uh, with the leg sweep, I also did appreciate, it was kind of a blink and you'll miss it thing. But when Cole Young is fighting Goro, he, um, one of it, I think it's his daughter. It says, "Dad, use an uppercut." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, all right, yeah. I'm, I'm here, I'm down with that. I'm, I like that. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, one thing that's really different about this this film, which might be one of the few things that make logical sense in this new version, is that we don't ever get to the tournament because Shang Tsung has just decided to cheat. Yeah. And they're trying to hunt down the champions and just kill them <clears throat> so they won't have anybody to bring into the tournament. Um, although, if Sub-Zero killed one of them, would he just compete? I don't know. I guess if one of their people wins the tournament, then they just want Whatever. But I'm trying to think about the dragon tattoo and if that presents a problem if they go and murder people with dragon tattoos if they already have one. So, um Anyway, thinking too hard about it should be. <laughs> um, but but from a villainous perspective, that's actually a pretty smart idea. Like, if we absolutely have to win this next tournament, then let's just eliminate all possible competition, so there won't have to be one. Now, why they didn't, why they felt the need to do that when they'd already won nine years in a row before that, I I don't know. Yeah, why are they so nervous this time around? Like, yeah, especially um, with the devastating potential of Cole Young. <laughs> um, I, know, I mean, they, they like just the offer him enough money, lunch. he'll just lose form, you know, like right, two hundred dollars, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think that was his going rate. They, I think they got worried uh, because Sub Zero never finishes anyone. You know, the big thing in Mortal Kombat is finish him. Sub-Zero never finishes. He didn't finish off Scorpion and his family. He didn't finish off Jax. He just ripped his arms off and let him Yeah. To be fair, Sub-Zero's fatalities were always some of the hardest to pull off in the game. I don't know about you guys. (laughs) He never had a charge button. His was always a combination of like down forward, down back. Uh, So, you know, those are tough to pull off in three seconds. (laughs) Apparently. Uh, Yeah, it was just... uh, 
I don't know. That that was something that was kind of, I mean, for as intimidating as he was or meant to be, then like he just, he never stuck around and finished killing anyone, yeah, you know? That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, one of the things I, I think I mentioned with you guys was like, I felt like I watched this movie on like 1.7 time, 1.75 times speed on YouTube. Like we just, I mean, and I know you got to go, th- you know, they want to just get through stuff fast to get to the next action scene yeah. and stuff. Man, it seemed fast. And I remember thinking, I remember just cracking up laughing because I was watching the scene in the tournament where they get to the scene for just like a split second where like Liu Kang is sitting on a ledge He's about to meditate, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to slow down here for a little bit, mm-hmm. get a little bit of exposition. Then all of a sudden, boom, here's Shang Tsung teleports in with, you know, <laughs> Melina and Cabal, and it's immediately like Liu Kang turns, and then immediately it's a fight. So I was just, yeah. I was cracking up. So, oh, nope, never, never mind what I was going to say, you know. So, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> and talk about the total removal of stakes. I guess you can't have it both ways, and but – um the a cool thing and a and a, and a cheap thing um in the in the movies here is um in order to once they realize that what Shang Tsung's plan is you know they go to Raiden and they're like what well, first of all Raiden pulls them into some kind of safe space mm-hmm. which okay yeah we could have I right. mean, used that yeah. <laughs> a long time ago. Right. Especially if we're trying to wait for a tournament to start and we know that he's coming to assassinate tournament fighters, but whatever. Right. Um, nevertheless. Um, yep. So they convince him to teleport all the fights to one-on-one locations, which at first I was getting really excited for when I saw... Oh, geez. Now I can't remember who ended up where, but two fighters ended Oh, Jax. I think it was Jackson. Jack, Jackson. I think Rico. Was, Rico yeah. Oops. Ended up on the pit. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, Oh, they're going to old mortal Kombat stages. Mm-hmm. This is genius. And then they go to a trailer park for Sonya and Kano. Well, I'm and like, they don't, Oh, that that's that scene, that arena, the trailer park. Yeah. And, the, and they don't, they don't use the pit. Jax does his fatality. Yes. There's the opportunity to uppercut Rico into the pit. Into and the have pit. Him impale him on spikes. I know. They didn't even use the pit fatality. Like, again, it's just like a wink and then not even a nudge. Like, it's it's just uh, so unfulfilling. And so they do that. And then, um, and then you know, uh, Cole kills Goro, which I was, you know, in 1995, I wasn't a big Johnny Cage fan. Going back and watching it, I don't have a problem with Johnny Cage killing Goro in that one because he does the split groin punch on mm-hmm. him at the beginning, which was satisfying this time. And and the call back to the this is where you fall down yeah. line um, felt better this time than it did when the first time I saw it. <laughs> um, but uh, now with... Uh, uh, Cole killing Goro, and then, you know, they stand up to Shang Tsung, you know, as a team or whatever, and Raiden, and he's like, "Well, death is just a, I forget, another portal or something." Mm-hmm. And I'm just led to believe that all the bad guys will just come back in the next movie. Oh, I think all the good guys will too. Like they'll bring back just Kung Lao, 
you know, somehow he'll get his soul back from yeah. Shang Tsung, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, that's not Mortal Kombat at all. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> what was what was the point There's of nothing this mortal movie? about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the point of this movie exactly? Like we had this giant fight, people died, and to for this tournament that we never had, and now it's time to have the tournament and oh we just hit continue on Goro and and uh Molina and and anyway. It feels like one of those this the need now well not not just now, but like the last ten or fifteen, twenty years where everything just has to continue on and on. Well, I mean, yeah. it can't just be one one set tournament. It has to like there has to be some reason for it to just mm-hmm. keep going. <laughs> just this continuous infinite cycle. I don't know. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and there's so many. I, there were there were points where I laughed and um, the, like in the first in the '95 film, you know, again they've got this weird sort of um, demonic looking. Uh, a you know arena or venue where they're at this this mountain on this island and whatever, but even within that, you you don't have some of the stuff that cracked me up in this movie where there's one scene early on where Shang Tsung is up on this throne on this giant tower. You have to like walk across the desert <laughs> and then walk up this tower and then across the bridge yeah. <laughs> to get to him. And then he just gives Sub-Zero like one line of direction <laughs> and then Sub-Zero's got to walk back. And I was thinking like the Bernie Sanders meme where like this could have been an email. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, again, like it's just so, I mean, it looks cool. Yeah, uh, but you know it's it's just so <laughs> like over which is let me think when he summoned like those three villain you know Cabal and the general guy which I don't really didn't know anything about into this film and like just but yeah giving them basically like three lines of hey this is what we need to do uh-huh. which was which led which led to one of my like least like just cringiest parts where Cabal's like oh hey what about this guy named K- this guy named Kano and it's like oh yeah of the billions of people on the planet that was one of the three people that we did interact with you know it was just right uh cringy hor- oh, small so world weird. yeah it's like yeah. Kano, small have you world. heard of him did, did you do you know yeah. this guy <laughs> well and 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 in the in the game it's tied in better where i think they were either rival um like rival type they're not ninjas they're you know they weren't clans but it was basically like you know kano was like a black market, you know, thief and killer and all this stuff. And Kano or Cabal was either in that organization with him or in a rival one. And then, and so they have a backstory there. And so for, for this one, of course, like they're like, we don't have time for this. Yeah. Heisenberg and Gus Fring. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, it was kind of like that. So, um, yeah, there was just no time for that. Um, there were, uh, just going through some of the, the thinking through some of the things here, like um, one thing that got pointed out in this, the screen rant uh, pitch meeting thing was like, uh, so like, do they, you know, Scorpion's been in hell this whole, whole time. Did, do they have English classes in hell for him to learn that one line of get over here? Didn't he because, say that when he, before he was murdered the first time too, though? I don't think he had any English when he was 
back in the like 1600s when he was murdered because it was the subtitles were um, like Chinese for Sub Zero and Japanese yes, for right. for Sub Zero, so they couldn't even understand each, each other, other. Which which I thought was actually kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I liked that. Yeah. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. And again, that was just one more thing of like, oh, they're they're actually making a trying to make a pretty good movie here. And then (laughs) and then and then he shows back up and then he's like, get over here. Well, where where did you learn English in hell in in the time you were there? Um, They and they didn't. I'm just going to throw out a couple of just get these out of the way because I don't (laughs) I don't I don't don't need to have long diatribes on these. I just want to get them out of the way. So. Another thing that bothered me is like they could have just done tech with a couple of these things that they turned into magic. Like they could have just given Jacks like in the game, Jack oh, yeah. just gets cybernetic arms. You know, like it just give him cybernetic arms. Mm-hmm. Just just have him like yeah. go to some military hospital and he gets cybernetic arms. Kano, he gets an eye taken out and he gets a, give him a cybernetic implant that shoots a laser. You don't have to make that part. It's weirder to make magic with tech yeah. to where, yeah. to where Jax has these little, you know, T-Rex mechanical arms and then his magic arcana mm-hmm. grows them into technologically advanced. Yeah. That's just weird. I don't know. Again, why, yeah. why, wow. why did yeah. you, this was, this was needless. Yeah. Um, and so one other thing is, the, apart from, you know, like where Kung Lao dies and stuff like that, it's like there was no real, um, you know, stakes or damage to like Sonya. Jax, Sonya gets like a like a 500 pound boulder dropped on her. Yeah. Jax yeah. pulls that off of her and she's like, oh, it's fine. Rushes yeah. Out, yeah, dust herself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just there's some dust left on there. No, 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 no crushed femurs or anything like that. I so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I um, I know we're not so much talking about the 1995 one, but one moment about Sonya really stuck out like a sore thumb to me for her because in that movie, you know. For, for all their character flaws that had to be worked through, Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, and Sonya were all competent fighters in their own way and all fearless in their own way. I mean, they were a little freaked out by some of the things they saw, like Goro and stuff. Um, but they come to this thing, you know, you know, the, the film is building to, to teach you that Liu Kang is going to be the one to challenge Shang Tsung. Um, and so, um, Shang Tsung tries to shortcut it and and make Sonya the final challenger. And and Sonya is, you know, we see her snap Kano's neck in that movie with her legs. Like, she's a competent and fearsome fighter in her own way. But the moment she is in the crosshairs of Shang Tsung, she then turns into Princess Toadstool from Mario Brothers. She's like, help, help, okay. Like, like right. he's pulling her, like... Like she's not a foot taller than him, right? And 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 so I was just like, wow, that took a harsh, hard turn. <laughs> like, like listen, I'm, there, I'm sure there's a way to communicate that maybe she doesn't feel like she has a shot of beating him, or something. Mm-hmm. But this this ain't it. This is weird. Um, and then for her to be the only character that we know is going to be in the tournament that is not good enough to be in the tournament <laughs> from the beginning is a little like, again, 
if you have to have Cole in the movie, mm-hmm. you'd think like him somehow, I don't know, finding a way to beat one of those outworlders when they invade the monastery or whatever could mm-hmm. give him a chance to, to, to gain the tattoo instead of it being his birthright with him being such a weak fighter. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think? So obviously, you know, the big tease at the end of this is that Johnny Cage is coming and a potential next film. Um, what you guys, can we, can we do some fantasy casting of, uh, Johnny Cage? What do you guys think? Do you guys oh, have man. anybody in mind already? And I can toss a couple of names out if we don't. I don't think I not not off the top of my head. No, I honestly hadn't thought about it. Okay, so um, there. Tim, uh, Tim, do you? Yeah, Tim. What no, about you? Same here. Yeah, not off the top of my head. So one name I heard being campaigned for, which which I, which is not for me, but I'll I'll give my answer on this in a second. One was Ryan Reynolds. No, no, yeah. no. My my first reaction to that was Ryan Reynolds is too good for this movie. Like, yeah, at, that, the, that, at this point, Ryan Reynolds would be so out of place, like yeah. in 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 this movie, like you know, <laughs> X Men Origins era Ryan Reynolds, maybe, um, but not now. He's yeah. he's come come into his own so another one and and i don't know how familiar tim's going to be but coming out of the uh, wwe world there's been a big campaign for the miz to be cast as johnny cage no you don't see that either i think he's enough like the non-fighting character of johnny cage to pull it off but i think and this is not what i really feel should be cast but I think the most WWE thing would there would be for there to be some kind of a groundswell on the internet for the Miz to be cast as Johnny Cage and then they cast John Cena. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. I, I could well for this series, I could see it happening. I could I could see it being the Miz. There, like I, I really, I, yeah. I, I go go ahead. I'll I'll say. But no, 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 no. It's fine. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. I think. The Miz at this point in his professional career would be either bad of an actor enough or humble enough as a performer to just go all in on the silly like Kano. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I I could see I could see that um, and see him doing that since Kano, the best character we get, is one I'm pretty sure is staying dead. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, don't know. I, so, I, I, I would love I it if he wasn't, but yeah, well, yeah, I, I, technically I he was an earth fighter. And then when he died, he lost his tattoo to Sonya. Oh, so yeah. I don't know, but, um, who knows think, who says it has to make sense though. <laughs> I, I, I think like almost every character, maybe, maybe not, I think Natara was the bat lady. Maybe yeah, she she right. won't she won't come back just because nobody cares. She it was like she was played by a mannequin anyway. It was it was it was bad. Um I think everybody else will come back. You know, if, if we're sticking with the the WWE line, maybe it's just because I like him better as a wrestler and as as a heel, but give him give him a different haircut and I could see like Ziggler as Johnny Cage. Yeah, he could, he could do that. Um, he, he's got the cockiness, you know. Um, 
Yeah, I can see it as Miz, too. I mean, you know, I don't know. What about... um? <laughs> Here you go, Jared. What about the uh, Karate's bad boy, Mike Barnes, <laughs> from uh, the... From Karate Kid Three, oh, he's he's how old now? Like I don't know, it's like fifty, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I'll have to look through. Maybe we can post it in the comments or something when the when the episode goes up. I would really have to think through. Yeah. I honestly didn't think it through because I don't care. Like I don't care what happens with this series from from this point forward because the, it it did well enough for them to probably make another one. But I, like I've said in past um, podcasts. I've accepted the idea that if it's not good on the first try, I'm not going to give you like that man of steel benefit of the doubt that I gave that movie where it's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. this was okay. There's room to improve. Now it it usually just goes downhill. So I don't really care if they move forward with it or if they go ahead and just shelve it and then start the clock again on rebooting it in 20 years or whatever. (laughs) Um, 20 years. Come on. So, We'll see. Um, but I'll have to think about it, but I hadn't thought about it for that reason because I just don't, I just don't care. Oh man. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking on, on Reddit and stuff just to see if there's any, <laughs> any other good recommendations. There's really not right now. I don't I'll, think. But, yeah, I'll, I'll look too while we're doing it. But, um, I, you know, another thing that was sort of funny was they had the, this whole big buildup of like, okay, Cole, they're, they're trying to kill you. We've got to separate you from your family. I wasn't really sure how those dynamics worked. Like, are they able to track him because of his symbol? Maybe. Hmm. Otherwise, I don't know why you would leave your family alone anyway. So, but let's go with let's go with that theory that it's the, the symbol, the dragon tattoo is how they can track you. Then he goes back to his family. Like after he gets discouraged yeah. and quits, like he goes back to the family, like, well, you've uh-huh. still, you've still got it. Yeah. They're still trying to kill you. Right. <laughs> so, and, and then that's what happened. And then, and then sub zero showed up. So yeah, I didn't really, uh, again, we, we could, I mean, if we, if we tried to analyze all the things that didn't make sense, we'd be, here all night. The other other thing I'll say is like, I don't honestly like what I really like about the 95 film besides all the other stuff is that I mentioned is, is the fight scenes. Um, I hate, I I like it when it's like semi-realistic in terms of, of fights. And the 95 film had, had a couple of really good fights like, like Liu Kang versus reptile, uh, was was my favorite and they had some wire work in that and stuff like that but a lot of it was you know sort of parts of it at least were were, you know actual you know looks like an actual fight um and again robin uh, that played Liu kang um he kept getting there's one scene where he gets kicked or thrown or something into this pillar and he actually broke like two or three ribs um Mm from like actually wow. taking those falls and they talked about how um you know paul uh s anderson was such a perfectionist that they did that scene like 12 times and so on like the 12th time he cracked his cracked his ribs on oh, you know geez. so i mean i mean it just goes to show you like they're actually you know they're doing you know real moves and a lot yeah. of those actors did their own stunts yeah. and stuff like that 
Whereas, especially with Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and then sort of this this film too, to a large extent, um, the fights you 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 just get these. I hate these just like jump cuts yeah. of like you know mm-hmm. where you just you can't tell what's what's going on. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. just. And then you add in the special effects with it and, and um, laser beams and energy rings and all this stuff. And like, yeah. I just like, I like seeing like good fights, you know, like, yeah. like some of the, um, some of the Jason Bourne stuff. I mean, which I know the Jason Bourne stuff can use shaky cam too much yeah. and stuff like that. But some of those fights that they have where he's like using a book yeah. to just beat yeah. a guy with a book and stuff like that. Like that's what a ballpoint pen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that yeah. that's what, you know, kind of really um interests yeah. me. And and I went back and, and looked at some of the stuff from from the first movie of how they shot some of that. And you know, and they would have some longer takes of some of these guys fighting and then they would switch it up to like first person where it would look like, you know, that was sort of split um or inter intermixed, intermingled, um, to where it looks like then you're, you know, you're you've got the POV of like a knee to your face or whatever. Um <laughs> yeah. and and uh that was what I really mm-hmm. that's that was one thing I really liked about all that. And I you know, look, I may, maybe there's a chance that, that it'll get better um in the second yeah. film. Like the the cast and the the producers and stuff have been really active on social media. Um, to promote it. I, I think that's probably not as much. I don't know if that's as much them giving a crap about the fans as it is just knowing that that's a, a good way to market your film these days, especially in a, in a pandemic um, era. Mm-hmm. But like uh, what, what, so I've, I've interacted with some of them and like, I, so I tweeted to um, the producer of it, like j- j- just give me the fight scenes from the from the 95 film <laughs> and, yeah. and he liked he liked my tweet hey. Yeah, hey. that means absolutely nothing but Jared uh, is in with the mortal Kombat. i know really universe i'm telling you yeah. and yeah, no. so we'll see yeah i i totally agree like i feel like if if the whole film of the fight scenes were a lot like the first 10 minutes like that yeah that's all we really need like the idea that the like where you were saying the 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 idea that like, towards the end, all like three or four main fights, the freneticness, that's not even yeah. a word. That, it's just jumping back and forth. You can't really actually tell what's going on and what's happening. It's, it's mm-hmm. if they were, you know, kind of like the 95 film, if they were, it was just one, you saw one sustained fight for however, you know, however, several minutes, and then it moves on. That just yeah. works so much better for me. And you get to see like actual talent, like, you know, the skill of martial yeah. arts and that. Yeah, like he's a, a good fight. I mean, it's it's it can be it's a big deal. And here, yeah, you just the the jumping around was just so jarring, and just especially when it's supposed to be like a big the big kind of final thing, just to keep going back and forth between multiple fights felt very just. Yeah, it was just felt off. Yeah, yeah. No, I would I would love to see a fully fleshed out film with the same care and attention that the first ten minutes gave it. Like. Yeah. It was like, and this is not a slam. This is not a slam on on the first entry in the franchise I'm about to mention, but it was like watching the first ten minutes of Captain America: Winter Soldier, and then watching the rest of the first Avenger after that. Like, we're just the 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 fight and the cinematography and fight choreography and stuff were just worlds apart um, in, in those. And and when you put them up against each other, like. 
you definitely see where one excels over the other. And so to lead off with that, it's like, shoot, man, it's like getting a world-class appetizer before, you know, a happy meal. Like it's just, (laughs) yeah, it it was, it was weird in terms of just the overall presentation, you know, I, I still contend that, and I think that was a hard thing is that I still contend that some of the, the actual fight scenes weren't bad, but I just didn't care. Um, mm-hmm. as much either. So like, I didn't care about Cole fighting Goro. Like, I mean, like, yeah. I, just, I was just like, you're the one who gets to fight Goro. Like, why? Well, you know? and, and I know and just, why, but why? And, and just to throw in a quick thing there, the first film, you know, we saw Goro, we saw the buildup of Goro. He, you know, he kills, I mean, art, art was a, you know, minor character, but Let's pretend that we care about art. For but a he, second. but he is. I'll give them. I'll give <laughs> he, the film credit there. They established him as a fighter that Johnny Cage thought was a better fighter than him. Yes, exactly. And this movie, Goro just kind of shows up and right. then is quickly dispatched. You never build him up. Um, you know, like because that was the threat with the first movie is like, oh my gosh, he'll just kill all. Like Sonya can't beat him. You don't score uh, somebody in the debut match, Jared. I mean, you just there. There you go. There you go. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Just a just a real mess. And I mean, yeah. And I think that's the thing with Cole. And maybe part of that was pairing up some of those fights with his family in the background. Mm-hmm. But like Liu Kang. Well, I mean, you know, Liu Kang is introduced as a fighter, although. This this actor who played Luke King looked like he was ten years old to me. He, he looked he looked super young. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, you're gonna be training. Like Cole looks like he's ten years older than you, and he's nobody. So like, let alone, you know, Kano or Sonya or whoever. Um, but um. You know, Kung Lao is, is a seasoned fighter, but Jax, like Jax holds his own in a fight. Um, Sonya holds her own in a fight. But any any time Cole is fighting in this movie, it seems like he's trying to survive a horror villain. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he's actually fighting until he gets, even when he gets his gold sweater, like yeah. he's still like, which I don't, I don't quite understand. Like, does he have like the Wakandan technology and that armor because it starts to glow when he gets punched. It's Stark tech. Well, no, no, it's, yeah, it's like Stark tech or Wakandan tech because, you know, it came out of the bracelet that his daughter gave him. And so it's just like how, you know, it was uh, his happy thought. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, pretty much. But it's like how, you know, Stark will wear like a bracelet or, you know, T'Challa had the, the necklace amulet and then like an entire suit, like, unfoils you know out of that so yeah same same tech same tech well they must all go to the same trade shows for, for that <laughs> right, stuff right. <laughs> yeah as that's wild i i was thinking here because i think it was just kind of on my mind because um having just watched um tenet and and then also thinking about him doing, you know, this action role of, uh, of, of the Batman. What if they just like stuck Robert Pattinson in this movie as Johnny Cage? <laughs> <laughs> like he's, you know how he, he sought out all these like super low key, gritty 
deep acting roles, but yes. you know, but but he just you know you you, you throw a pair, pair of sunglasses on him, and he's just you know he's a pretty boy. What what if they just stuck? What if they just paid him enough money to be in this movie where you've got again like one character that seems like it, the acting is on a level of like he's just in a different movie. <laughs> yes, and then all these others, it's just trash. <laughs> yeah, I get to see it now. The director is like, well, you know, I saw that Batman trailer, and he yeah. really knew how to punch the crap out of somebody. <laughs> yeah. So I said, we got to have him. And they're like, sir, that's Robert Batman. I don't care. We've got to have him. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be great because I, I just, again, I don't have any aspirations or dreams of this sequel being good. Just well, give me something absurd. Maybe and I'll, I'll we will good. get Robert Pattinson because you know, there is a Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe video game. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're both yeah. owned by Warner Brothers, so I think the natural progression is to merge it with the DC Universe. So, yeah. you know, we can get Jason Momoa in there and bring uh, Henry Cavill back and then, you know, find out that Cole's armor actually came from the Amazons and so they want to take it back from him because he's a man. The the actor who um, who plays Louis Louis Tan, bless his heart. He was like, he was, he's been like trying his hardest. And, and so he's like, oh yeah, no. And, and, and this is, this is only the first step of seeing what Cole can do. We're going to unlock more <laughs> like, yeah, we're definitely like, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to adjust this after the fact. I don't think this was the original. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the man doesn't have a fatality. <laughs> he's gonna like stand on the edge of a cliff and like move when someone comes charging him and that's <laughs> gonna be his fatality yes yes oh my gosh <sighs> yeah wow <laughs> well, well we'll see what happens um Jared do you, do you feel satisfied or you think there's more we need to drain off, off of this, I, I think I am, no pun intended, tapped out on on Mortal Kombat conversation, <laughs> not conversation per se, but there's, you know, I, I don't think I had any lingering points that were yet to be made. Uh, I, none, none that I could think of. Like I, I'm sure if I went back and actually watched through again. I, I could come up with another just hour of stuff to bash and, <laughs> and make fun of, but it's, it's probably better that yeah, I can't remember if I, you know, I said this before we came on or if I, it was after we already started, but it's like, it's just, most of it just is so forgettable mm -hmm. to me um, yeah. that I feel like I've made fun of the low points that the, especially low points that, that needed to be made fun of. Um, and yeah, that's, I mean, I, you know, I think it, it had potential and it just, it just didn't work. They, they just, they just need to hire me to write it. Like most, most movies I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not the, the fan that's like, oh, I could do a better movie than what Nolan did. No, no, I couldn't. I could give you a better Mortal Kombat movie than what we got here. <laughs> I, I feel pretty confident about that. All right. Well, just to, you know, uh, email Ed Boone and uh, let him know. <laughs> Uh, that you're up for the sequel. Well, I think I think they're bringing back the same writer for the sequel. That's the other oh, thing gosh. too, where I'm just like, okay, never never mind then. Just tell me I'll work for half. Yeah, <laughs> three quarters. I'd work for free, really, on this one. Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, well, you just heard get, it here first. Just get, guys. Your, get your name established, and there you go. There you go. I'll make. Oh, you're that Mortal Kombat guy. Hold on. Can you do Street Fighter? Um, <laughs> and yeah. Jared gets a career in writing video game film adaptations. I could do it. I, I mean, I get. Hey, hey, it's a low bar. I would take that because that's yeah. a low bar, and I think I could. Stand. I think I could clear that. Give me Mortal Kombat. I'll do. Uh, I'll do Halo. Okay. Um. You know, we'll just we'll just arrange a little. Uh, we'll, we'll get like a, a top five of yeah video game movies, and I'll I'll bang those scripts out. All right, sounds good to me. Same <laughs> here. Tim, any uh, any final thoughts? Gosh, not not really, but I will say yeah, like uh, what Jared said, just the forgettableness of the film. Like I as I actually rewatched parts today because I was like. How did these characters get to there? You know, I couldn't remember, and I was like, it couldn't have been like there had to be something more to it. And no, it was like, yeah, no, it was just senseless, silly. Like it wasn't that I'd forgotten; it was just it it made no sense to begin with. And so, and I was like trying to like, you know, go back and think back, and like, no, there had to be some sort of like line from there to the, you know, like Jack's getting his, you know, his arm. I don't know, just. Things that just didn't make sense originally. I was like, no, there had to be more to it. No, I watched parts of it again. No, it it, it made zero sense to begin with. It was, yeah, oh, man. Also, one more question. <laughs> why does Cole, why is Cole chosen as a champion to fight now when he's had that tattoo all his life? Yeah. Well, he <laughs> said that he's had that tattoo his whole life. So that's something. I think it's like again. I don't know that they really explain how it's often like the Harry the Potter curse. He can't be touched until his twentieth birthday or something. Well, I they don't really explain in this movie how often the tournaments occur in the game and in the first movie. It's once a generation, so it could have been you know that he was just wasn't born before, or was too young before, or, or something. Um, but then that, that did make me think of another thing where, um, there was in the, sc- the screen rant jokes about how if Raiden can teleport people anywhere, why doesn't he just take all the bad fighters and teleport them into a volcano? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Problem solved. Um, yeah, and yeah. and so the guy was like, oh, he just he can't he can't do that. And so the, the guy was, um, you know, like raising, you know, all these questions. Oh, well, why doesn't why doesn't Raiden do this? <laughs> uh, he, well, he just he just he just can't. You know, well, why doesn't <laughs> why doesn't why doesn't he do this? Look, I'm going to need you to get all the way off my back on this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, uh, Mortal Kombat is available on HBO Max. Uh, all all manner, all manner of Mortal Kombat iterations, I think, are on HBO Max now. The, both the first film, Annihilation, and this 2021 version, which should be available for another two or three weeks. Uh, by the end of May, it'll be gone. Um, and I think some either, even uh, supplemental Mortal Kombat materials as well. I think there's a like a series or some animated films or something. I don't know, but uh, there was a, there was an old, like, T, I don't know if it's the same one, but it was like an old TNT series that like came on. I TNT. remember that, like that a, because it like used to pre- come on after nitro. Yeah, that, that um, was it. Yeah. I and, do it, remember and it followed, 
I think it followed, I can't remember if it followed the original Kung Lao or I want to say that's who it followed, but it was basically like a riff off of the movies where it was like you had the, you had the Liu Kang character, you had like a Sonya character and sort of a Johnny Cage type character. And, but it was set like in the, you know, a couple hundred years earlier or something like Interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I've forgotten all about, forgotten that existed. Yeah. <sighs> and life was better. No. Um, okay. Well, uh, thank you guys. Uh, by all means, uh, Jared, thanks for, for, for bringing the heat tonight. Uh, this was entertaining. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, didn't even have to turn into a fiery dragon to do it. And um, I, I, once again, the Mortal Kombat franchise is available on HBO Max if you want to uh, test your visual might and see how long you can can make it through um, all that material um, be be sure to join us next week um, be sure are we are we gonna do invincible next time or are we waiting Ooh. that uh, we've talked about invincible the Amazon animated series uh we may throw something else at you as well but uh more stuff to come in the future talking in terms of invincible talk about a story with with brutal violent fighting uh we can we can talk about what it means for a violent uh franchise to have a good story so um but that'll be that'll be for another time whether it's next episode or later in the future um, be on the lookout for that. But uh, thank you once again for joining us this week for the episode, The Boy with the Dragon Tattoo. We appreciate you guys joining in and listening. And until next time, keep working on your night cheese. Oh, no, no, that's not what they're doing. <laughs> He's just going to have half of Wonder Woman 1984's armor. Yes. And it's like a sweater. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yes. a gold sweater. Yes. He's going to conjure a gold a, a sweater. Plot, of plot armor. <laughs>